Allie Bob Howdy and welcome to Ernest Goes to Podcast, Ernest Extra number 23, even more unmade Ernest movies. I'm Aaron, this is David. Hello, I'm David. And we are back with lots of things to talk about yeah. in our even more discussion about all the Ernest movies that were never made. That's true. We have some updates. We have listener input to get to. We have a whole bunch of things. We have a gift. Well, we do have a gift. That a listener right. sent us. Yes. So we're going to get to that. Yeah. But first off, we just saw a very interesting movie. We did. That's right. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess we can preface this movie by saying, you know, some of the unmade things we're going to talk about and some of the notes that I have tie into Ernest Analogs. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie was, I said from the very beginning that this movie reminded me of an Ernest Analog. And that was confirmed when we were at the multiplex earlier today. Here's the thing. I think the unmade Ernest movies tie into Analogs a lot mm -hmm. because to us, Analogs, sometimes their movies, mm -hmm. like are their unmade Ernest movies, they're movies that Ernest could have been in himself. Sure. So we kind of think of those in the same way. You know, you see a movie and you're like, man, I could just see Ernest in this movie. And sure. that's sometimes why you think it's an analog. Yep. So they do tie together. And I buy it. David saw this trailer for this movie. We haven't even never said, we haven't even which one it is. said the name of the movie yet. <laughs> well, you might guess it if you saw that I posted the trailer on our social media. But Yeah, but yeah. if you didn't see our Facebook, David posted the trailer saying, I think this character might be an Ernest analog. And I was like, eh, yeah, right. And then we saw the movie. And yes, it was. David, you are right about... Drumroll. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. The Dora the Explorer movie, guys. It's Featuring actual ray of human sunshine, Dora the Explorer. It's kind of great. It's a pretty excellent movie. We had an excellent time. And we felt the joy of Ernest. Well, just, and this made me think of, you know, not to get too far into it yet, but this made me think of like the thing we always talk about. How do you continue Ernest? Yes. And the actress who plays Dora. Isabella Moner. Correct. Her face is just like an encapsulation <laughs> of the most like open, sincere warmth. Yeah. Like her eyes are so wide and her smile is so broad. And I feel like, you know, when we talk about who else could play Ernest in the future, I, if anyone was ever going to cast that, I feel like that's a key component to just yes. like drawing in the audience with this, this that, overwhelming, optimistic expression. Yes, it's the grin that Ernest does when he opens his arms yes. to hug the troll. Exactly Ernest right. Scared exactly stupid. right. Come on, little fella. It's this, like, the human embodiment of unconditional love. You are correct, For your fellow man. Yes. That is what Dora has in the new Dora movie. And you thought she was an analog just because, like, I thought you were talking about how she got a, her backpack caught in a bus well, <laughs> that was driving away. One of one of our <laughs> listeners did post that as an example on Twitter. But no, it's just like the idea of a cartoon character in a... Talks to the camera. Who talks to the camera in a, quote-unquote, real-world-ish movie. And the way that, you know, one, I guess spoilers for the Dora movie, the way that her character is sort of... Like integrated from that hyper world into yeah, the real-ish world? And just is that sort of unapologetically. Like, yes. it's, it's not a, It's not like, you know, this is one of my pet peeves. It's not a movie where it's like, oh, it's, we're doing a Dora movie. This is weird, guys. <laughs> like, but like, I did no... see people calling this movie weird. And, it is and then weird... we went to see it and it was like... It is a weird movie, I will say that, but it's it, the movie itself is not embarrassed by that. It's more no. like a celebration. It's yeah. like a wonderful celebration of being oneself in like the truest way. We definitely got like an earnest like high out of the movie. Absolutely. Just, like all the jokes are cute. Dora is like 
they they make fun of her. Like at some point, somebody screams at her for just having like endless optimism, and she's like, "Just stop it!" Yeah, I mean, but it's so earnest. I'll say this: they treat Dora with respect, like the filmmakers yeah. and like everyone who worked on this. Like you can see, no one thought this was beneath them. You don't get yeah. the sense that anyone is like phoning in their performance. No, if anything, like, just like everyone's having a great time, yeah. <laughs> and it, that extends onto the audience then in a wonderful way. Yeah, I guess it's funny because. There's different things that make you think that something is like earnest. You know sure, what? Sure. So we were talking we about. We spent 55 hours talking about it. <laughs> we were talking about in our episode for Unmade Earnest, like what makes something an earnest movie? Sure. And like, is it stupid things happening? And I think it is that. But then also there has to be this sense of optimism. Absolutely. And just love and, and good naturedness. Like that's a component is like I think Ernest just genuine good nature. I think that's what I think of more when I think of the unmade Ernest movies and things that are that feel like Ernest. And I think sure. other people sometimes think of like like content maybe or yeah like and gross out stuff or like stupid a, a broader lines. description of like the comedy of the movie as yeah. opposed to like the character's arc or yes. something like that. I understand what you're saying. So I think we just have a very different idea of what makes something Ernesty. Uh, you and I have different ideas? Or kind us? of, yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly. Or maybe like fans that are really, really into Ernest. They have a oh, different sure. idea of what Ernest is. Well, I've, I've heard other people talk about Ernest films and compare one Ernest movie to another mm-hmm. and saying that one is superior because it's funnier or it has more jokes. And it's like, right. that's something I don't agree with Yeah, at all. I don't see it that way like, at all. I, I'm like, does this movie succeed in what it sets out to do? How much do I feel like Ernest is at his earnestiness-dist? Ernestiness. <laughs> How earnesty is earnest is what I'm trying to say with words. Um, and that was kind or of a Ernest's thing. arc, or like sure. what is Ernest's arc? How strong is it? And I think one thing we've talked about a lot of the successful Ernest arcs have this idea of like Ernest doesn't need to change per se. He just yeah. needs to realize that his earnestness is what will win the day. That is the Dora. And that is the Dora. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like people are like, why are you so weird, Dora? I like a super optimistic, happy character that is nice to everyone and talks super to the friendly. camera yep. in a and this big adventure setting where like crazy things happen. I mean, down to the top, you could have a movie called Ernest and the Lost City of exactly. Gold. Exactly. Oh, that would work. Let me talk about when at some point in the movie, they pull, <laughs> like, they're emptying her backpack and they pull out a yo yo. That's right. <laughs> and I was like, no, she has a yo yo. And they take away all her, her weapons and they say, you can you can stay with your yo-yo. And she's like, that's the most dangerous thing I have or something like that. Like, yes. Which it flashed us back to Ernest, Ernest Goes to Africa. Yes, exactly right. Where he wins a fight with a yo-yo. And now for the famous Around the World. And even, you know, some of the word choices that she makes, like mm-hmm. when she's talking about like two of the other characters who have like some sort of like, you know, high schooly romantic interest. She says, oh, what does she say? Oh, it's like, you have an attraction. You have an attraction. Yeah. Oh, you have an attraction for her. Which I wasn't just... sure if that was like Spanish being her first language. Oh, I didn't she, even think about that. I just thought it was. Expressing it a little weird. Well, oh, it didn't sound like she, she didn't. Oh, this is another thing. Actually, you just reminded me. There are very explicit points in the movie where Dora is like, I'm not stupid. And oh, I, right. And She's, in yes. The, in the theater, I'm like. That was awesome. 
because she is 100% yeah. not a stupid I character. I love that they did have yep. her doing like the wacky, socially inept, clumsy things where like, oh, Dora doesn't know she looks silly, but then someone she's is like, fish- Dora, you, you look silly. And she's like, I know, I'm not stupid, but like, this is who I am. She's kind of like a fish out of water in the movie because yeah. it's like taking Dora out of the jungle and putting her into the city. Yeah. That's... Briefly, you actually, most movies in the jungle, spoiler That's true, alert. yeah. <laughs> I feel like that well, doesn't come already, across. We've already alerted. Yeah, but yeah. anyways. Uh, yeah, highly recommended if you are a deep, deep fan of Ernest, like profundamente. Sure. Yeah, because Dora. I highly recommend deep... this movie to anyone who listens to this podcast. You will enjoy it. Please go and yeah, I help this movie so. make more money. Yeah, it's, like, it's you'll just have a great time. A ray of sunshine and a, like an earnest like positivity yep. that shines through like any dark rain clouds that mm-hmm. you got going on right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even as someone like I don't have any nostalgia for Dora. Like I, I'm a little bit too old for that uh, in terms of <laughs> yeah. when it came out. But uh, like even without knowing really much about the show at all, like I've seen maybe clips once a long time ago. I still had like a great time. Like yeah. there, you don't need to. There's not really. Yeah, I never watched it either. All you need is I like a vague cultural awareness of what Dora the Explorer is to enjoy this movie. Yeah, to enjoy yeah. yourself at this movie. If you've seen a commercial for it, you probably get it. Or yeah. You, or you've seen a backpack. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah. No, it was fun and clever. Yeah. So jumping off of that, let's talk about another movie sure. that we did not watch all of, but we watched enough to get the gist. I think. Yes. So this was from our our main episode. We brought this movie up as yes. a, sort of another another thing that's like this movie could have been an earnest movie, and was it? Question. Mark? That's what the question was. Was yes. this movie originally at some point in its development? Mm-hmm. An earnest movie, or was it being written as an earnest movie? Was it conceived as an earnest movie, or at some point was this script in the hands of the Earnest Brain Trust? We're being real coy with movie titles today, and but this is we're talking about. You know what? This is something that we could have asked to whom? Any of like the members of the Brain Trust, but That's like right. part of the joy is the wonder, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't tell me. I mean, may, tell tell me, but like <laughs> I don't need you to tell me. But anyway, what we're talking about is. Rocket Man. Oh yeah, the Elton John biopic. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the yeah. The looking up clips late... for this movie was fun. <laughs> the late '90s Disney film about um, a computer programmer, Fred Z. Randall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which you pointed out was like, all right, guys, like, are you yeah, even trying? Come okay, come on, Fred yeah. Z. Randall, the wacky person that works at NASA, who like, nobody believes in, but yep. he's because he, he's so wacky, yep. gets to go to Mars, drives a weird car. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He had kind of, for me, he had kind of like a, uh, and, and you know, I don't know how, I don't know much about Harlan Williams. Oh, or, that's I don't the know, star, I don't yeah. know what his, uh, his comedic stylings are. But for me, the character that he plays in the movie, Fred Z. Randall, had like this vibe of, I don't, I don't know, like uh, French Stewart meets Joel Hodgson kind of a thing. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know how I saw his character? How? When I was watching all these clips of like him being loud and noisy kind of in the isolation chamber mm-hmm. and there's another clip where he's like he's in mars and he's talking to the people of earth and he's singing like you got the whole world in our hands and he's like he's having everybody on earth sing together and it's and it's you know it's uplifting and all these scenes of him kind of annoying the other people at nasa but also being like oh he's a kind of a genius in certain ways sure and he is a genius to be fair like a literal i think he's supposed to be like a literal genius in the movie he is a, a nasa programmer i think you have to be pretty smart i think (laughs) (laughs) we did get to the moon and whatnot i feel like but um his character struck me 
as this really bizarre hybrid okay. of Ernest and Pee Wee. Interesting. Like like you like they got stuck in, in like, like a, the fly machine. Yeah, like they both or, went to the same telepod. Or like the transporter from Star Trek. You know did you see that episode of Star Trek Voyager? I, where, I used to watch Star Trek Voyager religiously, so I'm sure I've seen it. I don't remember. <laughs> There's it an episode where Neelix and Tuvok end up in some transporter accident and they get mashed together into one person. Sure. And he's like, I'm a person and separating us would be killing me. And at the end, they're like, we don't care. And they just do it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what it's like. It's like somebody mashed together Ernest and Pee Wee. Or it's like as if the movie was written for Ernest, but then Pee Wee Herman came in as an actor and played the part. Wow, that's interesting. Isn't it kind of like that, though? Like there's stuff about it that feels earnesty, but the performance is not earnest. Like, in terms of the things that are happening, it's very earnest. But in terms of the way the character uh, expresses, some, or the, the in terms of, like, the character's physicality and the way he tends to, like, scream a lot, yes. I feel like that's not earnest. No. When I'm, I was just looking it up, you sent me a movie review oh, screenshot yeah. <laughs> where it says, <laughs> I and looked, I quote. Because I looked for this movie's title and earnest to see if anyone had compared them before. And, yeah, I found that. Go ahead. Alternatively... I'm reading directly from this review. Alternatively, this film could have been named Ernest Goes to Mars or Pee-wee's Big Space Trip. Yep. <laughs> the Rocket Man, Fred Randall, is your typical over enthusiastic Fred Z Randall. Well, this just says Fred Randall. <laughs> is your typical over-enthusiastic, underqualified, mm, socially graceless movie computer geek. Is that a typical thing? They just I don't said know. typical and then all those things. I feel like it's like another one of those like shorthand things that's typical, not actually like, true. Typical like NASA scientist. Yeah, we all know way. this, yeah. right? No, we actually don't all know this. Typical nerd working at NASA. Like one of those nerd programmers, not to be confused with the jock programmers who are also <laughs> that in this movie. was another weird thing that I gleaned from the clips that we watched was that it was presented as if Fred Z. Randall was like a real nerd in this environment where, where everyone is a, a scientist. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, well, "What is it? This like, is like the, that's the, weird the jock guy. scientist, and then the nerd scientist. Yep. It was very strange. Yes, but yeah, it was like it was weird because, like, yes, the premise and everything is very earnesty, but the performance is not earnest, and that just goes to show, like, the optimism is there. Actually, sure. the optimism and the being nice to everyone is there, and like tons of slapstick, but the performance that Jim Varney gives is such a huge part. And it, you, it like can't be divorced from what makes something earnesty. Like you can't. You need Jim Varney performing it. It's not only about the words. It's not only about the performer. But it's about those two things working together. Yeah. In, in like sweet harmony. Yeah. 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 Hundred percent. And I feel like in terms of getting closer to Ernest, I feel like Dora got closer to the way I see the character than Frenzy Randall did. Oh, certainly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent agreed. Yeah. It's interesting. No, I think I think the way that we can describe Rocket Man is it feels like a movie that Ernest could have worked in. Yes. And in terms of my 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 perspective on it is not that Fred Z. Randall himself is an Ernest analog. No. But, but more, as we've said about other things, the movie Rocket Man is an analog for an Ernest movie. Yes. Like it's a movie that Ernest could have been in. Absolutely. Ernest could have been Dora. I think, yeah. <laughs> I think quite literally Ernest could have been the main character in Rocket Man at some point, you know. Sure. That could be like our legend. Yes. Okay. That's the Ernest Goes to Podcast legend. Sure. We're making up that our own legend. Rocket now. Man yeah. was at some point an Ernest script and then it just changed hands. We're not saying that's true. But just we're not saying, saying that it's not yeah, true. Yeah. I'm saying it could be true. <laughs> like a lot of things could be true. That's true. You know what I'll say? 
What that you there's say? a lot. I don't think I've ever seen Ernest fart. Okay, so <laughs> sidebar. And I feel Every like there's a misconception that Ernest movies are very farty, and I don't think I've heard him fart once. Well, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, where it's like people having a concept of what the content of Ernest movies are right. in terms of how they approach jokes and how they approach story versus people having a concept of who Ernest is as a character and how he acts. I feel and like both those things are prejudged. Both of those things, that's exactly what I was going to say, have, yeah. have their own misconceptions and they don't necessarily always line up and they're often both incorrect. But I think they're, they're two different sides of the same yeah. coin in terms of what we talk about so just on this show. So just misjudged at every angle. Yep, that's oh, uh, wow. that lines up. <laughs> but no, uh, as a sidebar, every single trailer before the <laughs> yes. Dora movie had some sort of... Um, uh, how do I describe like this? Fart joke tag. Some sort of uh, some sort of flatulence humor or some sort of bathroom humor, I suppose. But is it the was correct... often the last joke of the trailer. Like that was yes. the weird thing. It's like, don't worry, we also this. <laughs> I was like, well, there's I a, didn't need it. There's a. Fi- I know we were in the theater seeing a children's movie, but like. Come on. I love the I, I idea should... of a conversation between you and the trailer uh, thematically where where they're like, and don't worry, we got you here. And you're like, I didn't want this. No one saw me asking for this at any point. Sometimes I see movies and I yell at it when I think it's going to do something like, I don't need that. I don't need it. <laughs> well, what I was going to say like is. To, like Toy Story 4, there was a point where I thought two toys might kiss. And mm. I was yelling, I don't need this. <laughs> Just so you know, movie, I don't need it. <laughs> I don't know what that voice you're doing is, but I'm enjoying it's me it. At a distance. With like a I some don't sort need of, it. with some sort of megaphone. Um no, there's the there's a phenomenon that I've noticed, and I don't know if we brought it up on this podcast before, but it's it's this thing that irks me now where movie trailers have specific sort of reused music cues. Oh yeah. They have this music cue where it's uh it's kind of like boo. And and so there's this thing <laughs> where yeah. there's this thing where a movie trailer will go. <laughs> yeah, and then there's like a joke, and then the, then then like the music cue that they paid a lot of money for, like some pop song, like like kicks in right yeah, after. Yeah, yeah. And so often the joke is not funny, but I get annoyed at the trailer because I'm like, no, 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 you put the <laughs> there as if that was supposed to be setting up for a joke, but then you didn't even tell a, tell a joke. They just said a thing. Like that's not a joke. You I can't. Mean, you don't get to do that trailers are this like whole other podcast they are certainly they certainly i think they definitely even construct jokes out of different pieces of the movie that are not in the movie and stuff like that it's like a whole different production and we're both filmmakers so we pick up on those things uh, yeah i think sometimes guys you just gotta go see the movie and ignore the trailer because i mean you i don't think you can judge a movie on its trailer at all we uh we need to take this opportunity again to just reiterate go see the door movie like it was it was a fun time I feel it, that's maybe maybe the... you don't know what this is. That's right. Well, and that's an earnesty thing too. Exactly. Like, I know what this is without having seen it. How many times have we said that on this show? And I thought I did know what Dora was going to be, and I was wrong. Well, we do have a recording of you saying that I was correct about Dora being an analog. So that's I'm you glad, were right. I'm glad I'm glad we have it on. We've got it on tape. <laughs> we recorded this podcast on tape. Oh, because it's analogs. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think Dora could have been easily pitched as an earnest movie. And we also have, uh, we should bring up some of our listeners yes. who pitched things in addition to uh, the pitches that you, Dan, and I made. Yes, we asked our listeners for their suggestions of and unmade boy, earnest movies. get them. Oh, wow. And I thought they would go into our big episode and there, was, there were just too many. They were plentiful. Yeah, we got so many that they just wouldn't fit. So here's all the listener suggestions of earnest movies. 
Now, some of these are actually overlaps with things that we suggested because <gasps> great minds sure. have the same kind of thoughts. Sure, sure. So, I know it's great minds think alike. It was a joke. I feel like it was too subtle and yeah, never mind. Okay. <laughs> what are some of the things? So, time travel was huge sure. among listener suggestions. Yep. And what did we say? Not only did we say Bill and Ted and Doctor Who are analogs for Ernest, but then also Dan's pitch was Ernest, Ernest in, in Time. time. <laughs> Ernest in Time. Yeah, time travel in Ernest, man. It's just, we, how many people have we compared to Ernest? Bill and Ted, Doc Brown, Doctor Who. Steve Urkel. Steve in Urkel, terms of time travel time travel, yep. People like Ernest just travel through time. It's a thing, okay? So this one is from Jeremy Lockhart. He suggested... It's time, Ernest. <laughs> Ernest, upset with getting Vern in trouble with the law, creates a time machine to go back a whopping 20 minutes to correct the mistake. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> in typical Ernest fashion, he accidentally hits an extra zero. He didn't carry the zero. He didn't carry the <laughs> he one. He didn't carry the one. Yeah. He accidentally hits an extra zero going back 200 years to 1819. Can Ernest deal with the pressure of the time and get back to 2019 in one piece? It's going to be time-consuming, you know what I mean? I love it. <laughs> it's brilliant. Oh, here's another one from Jake O'Connor. Sorry, is this another time travel one? Yeah. All right. Jake O'Connor and Robert Hawes both suggested this title, Ernest Goes West. Mm. Okay. Robert... <laughs> and Robert Hawes had a lot more to add. Okay. He said, Ernest Goes West would have been especially great as a period piece, I think, what did we say? Mm -hmm. Ernest and time travel. I was thinking like, yeah, if Ernest does time travel, it has to be period. He has to go to the past. Sure. Because that's where I feel like Ernest fits with all his Shakespearean tendencies. Well, I think we've, we've talked about how if Ernest was around in an earlier time, yes. all of his sort of peculiarities yeah. would, would be more accepted as genius. Yes. And he would and have less yeah. of that, um, that stigma that I think his... Uh, I agree. We'll get to that a little He's bit later. Born in, in the terms wrong of, century. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Robert said another possibility is Ernest working for an eccentric inventor and accidentally, of course, because he loves to tinker with machinery, activating his time machine. This is I what, think Dan what Dan said. Dan said. Yep. I can see Ernest escaping through various time periods as he tries to get back home. It would have been a perfect setup for Jim Varney to do a lot of the characters he was known for while waiting for the time machine to recharge after each use. Hmm. You know, it's it's incredible how so he's stuck in different times with with only nine movies and you know other stuff, mm -hmm. the show and the ads and whatnot. How easily you can make an evocative, earnest pitch that is just like, yeah, of course, like yeah. of course, oh like, yeah, he would do that. Like it's in, it. it's incredible yeah. how for a character who wasn't around that much, like it's incredible yeah. how versatile he is in terms of plopping him into these scenarios. I think in terms of the range of things he did, yeah. that was very broad. Sure. Because he saved and Christmas. And maybe that, that maybe that opens up yeah. the door then where it's like, oh, he did he, these crazy things. That, yeah, he yeah. can do anything. <laughs> and like we just need to send him through time. It's just like perfect. And I sure. think I think people subconsciously do see the Bill and Ted thing with Ernest, even though mm. even if they don't analyze it to the degree that we have, they do see like the similarity and it's like subconsciously like, oh yeah, that's the same kind of character. Yeah. So it's like intuitive that he would work in a time traveling way. Absolutely. Robert actually has a suggestion for the opening scene. Okay. Okay. Opening scene. Archaeologists on a dig in Egypt uncover a tablet depicting various Egyptian gods along with a strange grinning figure wearing what looks strangely like a baseball cap. <laughs> 
Another segment I could see is Ernest being flung into the future where Jim Varney's Aster Clement character is president. <laughs> wow. So much potential here. Sure. I'm, I'm in. So archaeologists find like uh, like a hieroglyphics with Ernest that because that he had, he been had in gone the past. back in time. Yeah, exactly. That's incredible. <laughs> Great. And that's the opening. It's like, how did Ernest get back there? Sure. And like, we know that he's going to go back in time, but he doesn't. That's right. suspense. <laughs> oh, man. You're, you're not wrong. Oh, and Kevin Hinkle, who is actually the one that sent us the gift That's right, yes. that we will be opening later, but not quite yet. He also said, totally on board with the time-traveling suggestions. Why wouldn't you be? Maybe Dr. Otto can construct a time-traveling coffin for Ernest to use. There's no telling when this was. And then Landon Musashi's suggestion in this vein was, Ernest goes back in time like Bill and Ted, which I want to be the title <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> That's the title. That's the title. Ernest goes back in time like Bill and Ted. No, they are making a Bill and Ted 3 as we speak. Bill and Ted face the music. That's right. I would like to see Ernest goes back in time like Bill and Ted. And I would like to see an Ernest (laughs) reference. Trying to think about it fitting on the marquee. They're going to run out of letters. (laughs) It's like, you know, then that helps it sell it. It's like the pitch is right in the title. You should just have movie titles that refer to other movies. Ernest goes west like Doc Brown. Yeah, exactly. You know, I like Ernest Goes West, but I feel like it needs like a different title. Like maybe like, mm, like I don't know. Ernest, well, yeah, Ernest, like maybe like, like if he was on a horse. Yeah, but or like, but he had been on a he, horse once before, but then yeah, he did it uh, a second se- time. Second, uh, yeah, uh, uh, consecutively. Once again. Yeah, yeah. Sort so, of. So maybe Ernest, like Ernest, Ernest mounts a horse for a second time. That's yeah. I think that's yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Next up. Oh, can I read some of these? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so here I got a little list. All right, so we've got next up from Jason Paul Stocks. Uh, something that I've never thought about before, Ernest the Spy. <laughs> Ernest is a spy like Harriet yes. is the name of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. Featuring no. featuring Rosie O'Donnell. Ernest the Spy. Yeah. Yes. Well, Secret Agent Ernest. That's, That's what, what we had alluding to, it. yes. So yeah. yeah, yep. We're right on board with you. Oh, Justin Brodaway. I hope I'm saying that right. He suggested Ernest Mania. Okay, what's you, that? what would that be? It's going to be wrestling, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ernest Mania. <laughs> You got it. I'm trying. You're trying not to do it, Randy Savage? I'll tell you something, Mean G. (laughs) I'll spare you. Oh, man. Oh, Kevin J. James of Ah. Ernest Roulette fame. Yes. He suggested Ernest and Rimshot's road trip across the USA. Mm. Mm. That does remind me, you know, in Ernest Roulette, I had noticed from the very beginning that the wheel has uh, two extra spots that are not real Ernest movies. Oh, do you have those? I do. One of of them Uh is uh, Ernest in Space. Okay. Which, uh, of course. Yes, intuitive. Yep. And then the other one that I saw multiple times was, uh, and I quote, uh, Koi Ernest Skatsi, <laughs> which is a reference to a- Koi Ernest Skatsi. Which is a, is, is a one, that. yes, is a wonderful reference and a pun on- uh, Koyana Skatsi, which was a movie from 1982. A sort of like an abstract movie, if I recall yeah, correctly. I would say I've never so. seen more than clips of it, but no, didn't we watch the whole thing? Um, did we watch it in film school? I believe we did. Uh, I'm going to stand by my statement then because I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. Because I remember waiting for the movie to start <laughs> for a long time. 
like ninety percent like, sure I oh, fell asleep. Oh, the whole movie. Yeah. But no, it's very cool with amazing music by Philip Glass. But yes, yeah, life out of balance. Know what I mean? Film school, film. And I like, it, I like that good. I tried to do a, a southern accent and I just went Brooklyn. <laughs> life out of balance. Hey, know what whatever. I mean? Yeah, whatever. Forget about it. Yeah, I'm walking in. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gary Duggar yep. suggested Ernest kills Bill with Django and Vern. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's a little bit of a Tarantino flavor that. here. I don't know that Ernest would kill. I don't want Ernest kills. Yeah, even as, <laughs> even in the army, he is a, a pacifist to the end. But I see what you're doing. Okay, Richard Langston suggested Ernest goes to space. Yep. Gotta give a shout out because, yep, all the Ernest goes to space people were right. People, There was a demand from the audiences wanted to see Let's Ernest see go to space. space. Yeah, yeah. When is he gonna go to space? In space. Yep. Next up from Tristan Yance, uh-huh. we've got Ernest goes to the movies. It could be five or six short film genre parodies with some sort of wraparound. I'm ah, completely on board for that. That's nice. Because I could see that being similar to something like um, Amazon Women on the Moon, which is one of my favorite Joe Dante uh, involved films. Oh, it's, that it's sounds basically like Dr. Otto. Well, it's like a, it's a fake collection of the premise is that you're watching, uh, you're flipping through cable channels late oh, at okay, night. Okay, and okay. So it's all these sketches that kind of are based around that. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, different short film genre parodies. Yeah. That's good. With a, some sort of wraparound. Hmm. Who could do a wraparound? Uh, Aster Clement. Yes, that's what that's I'm going what, with. Because you made a face. And I, was like, I, was, I made a... Well, as you, were, as you were making an Aster face in my brain, I was like, oh, collection of shorts. So like feature length family album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It could work. Uh, Andy Boswell said, Ernest snaps. Think first blood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Ernest is... A sh- machine Gun Ernest. Uh, basically, yeah. I'm, I feel uh, like Machine Gun Ernest and I'm picturing... is more of an Ernest title, <laughs> but also, no. He would, Yeah, he wouldn't. <laughs> he would, and uh, also, not at all an Ernest title. I'm picturing the, the fantasy sequence from UHF again. Oh, John Davis had a bunch of them that he just threw out there, these titles. Just shooting titles at yep. us, shooting titles. See what sticks. Okay, John Davis. Ernest in Camelot. Da, 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 what? Da, da, da. That's what essentially what Dan said. Yeah. Like Ernest goes back in time and becomes King Worrell. <laughs> Distributed by King Worrell. Ernest goes to Sherwood Forest, he says. Sure. They're perfect. More family album. So he would be like he would be like Robin Hood and then he would have like Little Vern. <laughs> yeah. Little Vern. Oh, and he also suggests Ernest and the Curse of the Pharaoh. Mmm. Uh-huh. Dig it, dig it. It's an archaeological Ernest. Sure. Sort of like Ah uh, Dora. Or an Indiana Jones, say? Yeah, but I think Dora more. <laughs> well, next up, there's a few more from Landon Masashi. Okay. He has Ernest versus the Bigfoot. Like it. Uh-huh. Ernest in a lock, stock, and two smoking barrels scenario, in a PG-type way, he says. Okay. Where he wanders around in a convoluted world where he luckily avoids some type of danger with multiple parties and stumbles upon the jewel at the end. Okay. Okay. Kind of again, maybe like an uh, an adventure, like treasure hunty Ernest. I mean, he is suited to adventure, exploring Absol- Ernest, exploring not exploring Ernest, hunting. not treasure yeah. hunting. See, Dory, figure it out. <laughs> but when he also says one more from someone's Ernest mania below, <laughs> Ernest and the Hulkster, the buddy copish <laughs> movie, maybe like Kindergarten Cop. Sure, I could see that coming so, out in like the suburban commando Ernest era. And the Hulkster. Yeah. Yeah. He's training Ernest to be. What was his fighting name? What was Ernest wrestling? Ernest, Ernest, Ernest the Furnace. Yeah. yeah, he's training him to be Ernest the Furnace. Some sort of scene about 24-inch pythons, that kind of a thing. <laughs> Where's Ernest the Furnace? <laughs> uh, that's in there. <laughs> what is next? 
Um, so Ryan Danhauser says from uh, The Simpsons, uh, pointing out a potential unmade Ernest movie, Ernest Goes Someplace Cheap, mm-hmm. which is a little bit more of a dig than I, I might otherwise appreciate. But it is. I think every Ernest reference in other comedies mm. in the 90s was a dig. Mm. What about the I actually, Beavis and Butthead one? I actually love the Family Guy one, though, of Ernest Goes to the Beach versus Ernest Doesn't Go to the Beach. <laughs> and it's just Peter <laughs> well, Griffin. Yeah. like. But I said from the, the 90s. Two. Oh, sure, sure, sure. That might have... Uh... Might have been 99. I don't remember. Uh, it is interesting. I'd be curious to sort of track the references in popular culture to Ernest. Well, have you seen the clip of that, of yeah. that episode? Wow. Public library. We'll stay here for a while, Vern. <laughs> if you don't mind, we're trying to watch the movie. Hey, Vern, let me get my head out of this toilet. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that such a cultured viewer like Sideshow Bob appreciates the Ernest films, but also the portrayal of Ernest films in The Simpsons is, again, portraying Ernest as somebody that pronounces public as public, which doesn't even make sense. It's not a thing, like... He wouldn't wouldn't mispronounce it. He would use the wrong word. Yeah, like, they're just like, he's stupid, get it? Like, he, he doesn't... Though the word help me get public. my head out of this toilet, yeah. I mean, that is a little more accurate, but like they, <laughs> he never got his head stuck in a toilet, but he gets his head stuck in things. But to portray him as somebody that says public library, yeah, it's just like, yeah, no, it's not, it's not like, a malapropism. It, it's not it's, even like yeah. look how out of the box he thinks. It's like look how uneducated, like poking at somebody for being uneducated, even though he's not even like that. But just when ah, the, the framing, it bugs me. the framing of the joke in the show is. Oh, what what's a stupid movie that someone who's as dumb as like Homer Simpson would laugh really loudly at? Like I feel like there's that sort of framing of yeah. it. Where it's like, oh yeah, an earnest movie. There's multiple levels of like unfairness yes. because yeah. it's also a larger comment about who is dumb. Sure. Well, and before we get to that, let's just just continue I mean, with the yeah, other it's like, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. I mean, it's not a whole other podcast, but it's a whole other discussion that we will get back around to at some point. And you also know what show you're listening to. You know which podcast you're listening to. Oh, that one made me kind of mad, Ryan. <laughs> you don't have to a- call that guy out. He didn't write the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. I'm glad that he pointed it out because it is highly relevant. Yep. Okay, Wallace Hawkins said, Feels like Ernest would have been the perfect goofy human coworker for a Muppet adventure. We should say, uh, we didn't bring this up, the Dora movie directed by James Bobin, <gasps> who did both of the most recent Muppet movies. He was the director of both The Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted. It's all and he wrote, he wrote Muppets Most Wanted as well. I love Muppets Most Wanted. I know you do. You know I do. I know you do. I yep. love Constantine. <laughs> He's yep. so good. Uh, Muppets Most Wanted is underrated. I agree with that. And I mean, we've compared <laughs> we compared it in the Analogs episode. We've compared Jail to Great Muppet Caper. Yeah, like we've yeah. talked about Muppets it's forever. It's definitely yeah. like yeah. There's something there's something in that oh, yeah. communal stone soup that makes sense. He said he couldn't figure out how to express that in a catchy title, but that crossover was needed. And yeah, absolutely. We, I believe that was also something Louis Nero brought up. Where mm-hmm. it was like, if only the two gyms could the have two gyms. teamed up. Yeah. Uh, Nick Jones said, maybe something set in the 1950s when Ernest was a kid. Mm. A Dennis the Menace slash our gang kind of thing. Sure, sure. Our uh, gang uh, being uh, little rascals. Jim Varney could have played a variety of adult family members. Pop a young swirl. Auntie Nelda. Oof. Ooh. No, why do you say woof? <laughs> I'm just like picturing <laughs> But her. that could be great. It could be great. I've been picturing the uh, the harem character from Africa. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
horror beyond imagination. No, that was earnest. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he would embody young Auntie Nelly. Absolutely, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Even where he would sell it, yeah, you'd be on board. That would be great. Yes, baby Ernest, and then a whole bunch of adult Jim Varney family members. Yeah. So in Ernest, where the only character Jim Varney doesn't play is Ernest. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wrote here in all caps. James Dover is a genius. And I don't remember why. <laughs> what did they so say? So this is what's in my notes. Apparently, I really liked this. Here's okay. what it is. Erin okay. from the past has an opinion. James Dover says, Ernest goes to Murder Manor. He solves your typical murder mystery. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yes. So I'm thinking, are you thinking Clue? Like, yeah. Communism Ernest was a red herring. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Ernest solves a mystery like in Clue. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the I'm worst sorry, the keep... worst title structure we keep coming back to. I love it. I'm sorry, I started this stupid show. No, do not apologize. <laughs> if anything, it goes against amp it up. All amp it up. Amp it up. Oh man. <laughs> he also wrote Ernest and the Leprechaun's Gold. Mm. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Ernest and the Leprechaun's Gold. Magic wishes. Matching wits with a leprechaun trickster. Sure. Would the leprechaun be a tiny Jim Varney? Doing oh, an accent. Oh my goodness, what? <laughs> was, wait. Where did you get my wishes three? Was that That's accent that. on his list of... Uh... I'm sure it was. I can't remember, yeah. Leprechauns are Irish, right? Lecre Irish. That's right. Irish folklore, yep. Yeah. yeah, Jim Barney doing an Irish accent with like a little red wig. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and he does jigs in the forest. But Ernest just kind of watches... I can see it. Yeah. Oh, so that would be his sidekick to the whole movie, like his little leprechaun. Oh, it would be like adversary. Would be the, uh, oh, it would be an adversary or a sidekick? It would be like a, a push and pull kind of mm, thing. Like matching a, wits, because James, the yeah. genius, said matching wits. <laughs> so with a contentious a relationship That's they right. would have. Yes. I got it. But then I think eventually the leprechaun comes around. Sure. You know, or they need to like Ernest. team up to solve a problem. Yeah. Maybe. Can I do and that then, one? oh, wait, he's oh, not still, He oh, ain't still, done. Still okay. And then he says, I'm trying to pick one more idea. And basically, any Jimmy Stewart movie could be remade with Ernest. It's a Wonderful Life, Mr. Smith, Rear Window, freaking Harvey. That is brilliant. Just take any Jimmy Stewart movie and remake it with Ernest. And you know, it's interesting that Jimmy Stewart comes up because when we were watching the Rocket Man clips, sometimes when he was singing, I got like a little bit of a Jimmy Stewart oh. vibe. Uh, Harlan Williams, yeah. He has a nice little voice. He does. He's a not I didn't, a I didn't mean to voice. say little, yeah. as if it was, you know. You weren't casting it aside. No, no, no. Just, yeah. I wasn't it was understated. trying to diminish it. Understated. I just meant. Uh, that you liked it. That it was endearing, yeah. Yeah. Well, you want to read the next one? Yes, please. Okay. I'm going to really enjoy this one. This is from Jared Hodgden. Ooh. <laughs> the title of this movie is So Ernest is Not Going Anywhere. Okay. He's not doing anything. Ernest is Hamlet. <laughs> And I will read this description. Shakespeare alert! Shakespeare alert! Ernest joins an acting troupe that puts up a show of Hamlet to save their community theater. What? This is my pitch! It's It's a similar pitch. And it's also a little, be kind of rewind a little bit. Great minds, Jared. A mysterious interloper steals the titular role from Ernest, beloved initially by the group, but Ernest senses that something is awry. Things keep going wrong, like lights falling from the rafters. (laughs) Aaron is gesturing wildly, <laughs> and events are arranged to make it seem like Ernest was responsible. Yes! We know better. That's right. Ernest has to expose the fellow while staying positive. 
<laughs> in the end, it turns out that the oh, so spoiler alert for Ernest is Hamlet. Okay. In the end, it turns out that the bad dude was conspiring with a local developer to tank the production and destroy the theater. That is a muppety premise if ever I've heard one. But it's we gotta like, save the theater. And it's like a lot of parallels with my pitch for Ernest Goes to Broadway. Absolutely. Great minds, thinking alike. Yep. Boom. He's another genius. Ernest gets to assume the role again and takes the stage to deliver his monologue. As Hamlet. Perfect. It's Muppety, it's actory, it's all the things we love. That's true. It's just not a musical, but we can fix that. <laughs> okay, we're getting close to the end now, but we still got more. Mark J. Hansen, he said, Roger Rabbit was mentioned. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that Ernest interacting with animated characters was never addressed, mm. most likely because he's such a cartoon already. Sure. You are absolutely correct. And making him a cartoon character would be redundant. Yep. That's, I think, high praise to sure. say about an actor's physicality and ability to caricature his own movements because it's not just about exaggerating, and right? to execute the principles in such a way. Yeah, well, exaggeration is only part of it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I will say, just as an aside, the way that Ernest is cartoony is not just in how everything is bigger with him, but in also the way that he simplifies things. He distills it to its essence. Or directs the audience's so, attention. So it's about yeah. exaggerating the things you want to be noticed and pulling away from the things you don't want to be noticed. Yeah. That's what he was really great at. It's not just about like flailing your arms and being really loud. It's about enhancing something while like simplifying it. Just like in Dora. Yeah. It's a caricature of reality. Exactly. As opposed to an exact representation of it. And that's why it's it's art. <sighs> Preaching to the choir, friend. Oh, man. I can keep <laughs> preaching. I know. <laughs> okay. So, Mark J. Hansen continues. Mm -hmm. He says, something that occurred to me in your discussion of Ernest Goes to Batman movie. Can't remember the actual <laughs> title. and the Bold Crusader. <laughs> Continue. It would have been great to have Chuck and Bobby as a reporter duo mm. chasing the story of Ernest Man. Hey. So, they're like his Lois Lane. Sure. Or uh, <laughs> Knox and uh, Kim Basinger's character. Uh, what's her name? Vicky Vale from. Oh, yeah. Chuck in the Alexander Knox role. There you go. <laughs> and Bobby, of course, in the Kim Basinger role. What did I? Yep. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not reading this, by the way, <laughs> no. although I may have read it before. <laughs> Can't remember. A photographer punctuating scenes with flash photography a la Gonzo in the great Muppet caper. <sighs> wow, guys. Well, I'm really proud of our listeners. Like, you're catching everything. Yeah. You're pulling all this stuff that we've already discussed. You're bringing it into your new ideas. I'm picturing, like, some sort of central core, like, around which everything just starts to, like, get caught in the orbit of is that the that, listeners can't and see. And is it earnest? Uh, is what earnest? <laughs> the center of that core. I don't know. Is he the core? Like, the core you would least suspect. Sure. Like, is it Jim Henson? I don't think so. Uh, maybe the core is beloved, timeless entertainment. Yeah, but I think Ernest is unique in that he manages to have something in common in a different way with all these other things that mm. surround him. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then maybe Ernest is the core. I feel like he is yeah. like the conglomeration of all these other things that we love. Sure. And they all make up a different part of him. And maybe that's what makes him so fascinating to us. And that's why we keep seeing these other things in him. Mm. Among other things that fascinate us about him. Ah, oh, there's too much. My brain can't can't conceive all of Ernest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, last comment okay. from Josh Mindtree. Ah, I feel like we've heard from Josh Mindtree before. Josh Mindtree says, 
Ernest and the Bold Crusader may have been renamed Ernest the Mighty. Mm. In my contact with John Cherry about eight or nine years ago, it was explained to me that Ernest the Pirate wasn't a real thing, which he mentioned, Yep. and thus was not going to be the final Ernest film, but they had been considering Ernest the Mighty, but I never got any more details. Interesting. So Ernest the Mighty was a title, but not sure. Yeah, that could have been the superhero one, or maybe it could have been something else. What does the Mighty sound like? Like Ernest, a knight? Ernest, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, more like a pirate. Or my, no, not a pirate. Because I'm thinking like what I know. We know that Ernest the Pirate was not a movie. So I guess it wasn't that. But that's what comes to mind when I think of Mighty. My first thought was Ernest gets superpowers. Ah. So like, like and okay. Like Mighty Mouse, like that kind of a thing. Um, hmm, hmm, hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I so could, I could, could see totally that being be, plausible. But superhero Ernest. Yeah. Ernest the Mighty. Yep. Ah. I feel like he's already indestructible. Uh, and then, you already yeah. have powers, Ernest. But but putting them in that context is, yeah. is where it becomes super strength. Sure, indestructibility yep. and super strength, and he can fly. I imagine. Yep. I mean, he's got the muscles. Got to fly, yep. Ernest flying. <laughs> Wait, he did that. Uh, he did that in jail. Oh, he could he's, fly he's already. Getting away. <laughs> Don't worry, Charlotte. I'll save you. Give me that. I'm going away. Getting away. <laughs> That's what I He's getting away. Oh, man. Oh, and Josh Mindtree also pointed out, going back to Dan's idea of Ernest spaced out, yep. where like the Martians would come and they're all like Ernest. Sure. Uh, Josh Mindtree showed us this clip of an interview with Rowan Atkinson. Mm. Okay. Who? Mr. Bean. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. All right. He said, your earnest spaced out comments made me think of this. Um, it was this idea for the last, which we may never do, mm -hmm. the last episode of, of Mr. Bean, that he's driving along a country lane extremely fast in his mini, and he sees this spaceship landing <laughs> in a field, and he stops the car, and he looks out, and he thinks, what's, what's that spaceship doing there? And he drives into the field with his mini, and he stops outside the spaceship. <laughs> And he looks around, and he looks up, and suddenly the door goes... Uh, and this bright light comes out of the spaceship. And a Mr. Bean walks out of the spaceship. Of course. <laughs> and then another Mr. Bean walks out of the spaceship. <laughs> and he sees Mr. Bean, and they all shake hands. Says, hello, hello, how are you? And then 25 more Mr. Beans all come out of the spaceship, and they all pat him on the back and say, you know, very nice to see you. And then all the Mr. Beans go up into the spaceship, and he shakes hands with the captain and the, and the, and the guy on the bridge, um, and then the door goes up, and the, and the, and the, and, and and the spaceship ends. takes off. And that's the end of Mr. Bean. So uh, thereby kind of... But we may do it. Mm -hmm. We may do it. It's, it's a kind of silly idea. I mean, there is this idea that he may not be of our world. He may be from another place. I, I believe he is. So that was Dan's idea. That's great. That Martians come to Earth and they all look like Ernest. And sure. it, Or I mentioned that it could be like um, Muppets from Space, that Ernest, turns out that Ernest is an alien. Sure. Well, and I don't know. I if... think, I really don't think he is. In my headcanon, Ernest is just one of our greatest humans. Sure. Some of sure. The, the best humanity has to offer. So that is that. That is it for the listener suggestions. I like it. Thanks, everybody. Those were great. They were excellent and excellent. And a lot of us uh, had some parallel thinking going on. Oh, 100%. So I think it means that we're on track, that yeah. we're all getting what Ernest is. We're on the Ernest wavelength. Absolutely. We got it. 
I mean, I think we've gone through as many earnest, <laughs> unmade film pitches as you could possibly want. However, if you do want to hear some more, our friends over at the Importance of Seeing Earnest podcast oh, yeah. did a guest spot on a different podcast called the Be Kind Rewind podcast, uh, where they pitched their own earnest movies, which I won't reveal here because they, they go through an entire pitch of each of their ideas. Uh, very nice. Um, but you can find that over on the Importance of Seeing Earnest uh, podcast feed. Perfect. Yeah. So, going back to our last episode, Unmade Earnest, which we've been talking about already, but staying on that topic. Yep. Do you remember when we talked about how Ernest Scared Stupid was initially, at some point, a haunted house movie? Yes. Okay. I had, like, this lightning strike, like... Like it struck a clock tower? No. Oh. Like, it struck my brain. Like okay. I Like, I had, a, like, a, this refrigerator moment where, like, you open the refrigerator and you suddenly have a realization. Mm, okay. When you're least expecting it. Like shower thoughts. Yes. I had this moment. I like the refrigerator because your face is illuminated and like right, it's shining that, in that your lights, eyes. That light stays on even when you close the yes, door. Yes. Or yeah. does it? Yep. It okay. does. <laughs> so, so taking into account that we know that at some point, Ernest Scared Stupid at some point was a haunted house movie and many things from the previous treatments were salvaged and used in the final script, okay. which Coke Sams did say in that interview, they salvaged what they could from like the original treatment and they sure. put it in the new one. I just want to interject. Erin is describing this like she is what? Oh, she's like like cracking some equation. I like am the, like the gestures are so like <laughs> I have a chalkboard. Like right she's giving here. like a like a, a wonderful lecture. Please continue. We have puzzled mm -hmm. okay over the scene of Ernest switching characters in front of Kenny. Yes. And why it happens because that's never happened before. Right. We're the Ottomans, and you're not. You're in a world of it now, pal. Oh, my. I'm afraid. Sure, I'm scared. Everybody in Box One is scared. It looks like curtains. This place is just screaming for Drake. From a script writing perspective, mm -hmm. could this have been a scene originally where all the characters Ernest becomes were actually ghosts that were in the house? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, right? I like this. So what if that was a scene from the Haunted House movie where all these Jim Varney ghosts were just like in the house and it was cutting between them and they're all like, one of them's a, like a, a, a Ottoman Empire ghost and then the other one's a, a Bunny Jeanette ghost and the other one is an Auntie Nelda ghost and the other one is the... the Ace Worrell. Ace Worrell yeah. ghost. That would explain the rapid switching between all the characters and the rapid costume changes. Interesting. It's like they almost left the scene exactly as it was, but then they rationalized it as if Ernest was just doing different his, characters. His performance was so evocative that uh, Kenny just saw yeah. the costumes. Yeah. Wow. Well, and we know that, uh, wasn't there also a haunted statue brought up as well that might have been of one of Ernest's ancestors? So maybe one of the ghosts yeah. could have been the statue person. And now keep in mind... Those characters that Ernest was switching between, they helped out in the final battle. Load it up. You sure this will stop them trolls? They're awful goddamn fierce to me. Anybody can whip a troll. Taste the wall! Okay, so what if originally all those ghosts yeah. were helping out in the final battle, and that's why in the final battle we got Ernest switching between all these characters sure. for seemingly no reason? Well, I guess it's up to what me. What if that was the plan? It's like, oh, the gym will be all these ghosts. I mean, that, and they'll help out at the battle. That sounds incredible. That's like, 
And that goes back to, you know, the we talked in, in the Scared Stupid episode about how oh how how in that movie it's the turning point between like well we want Jim to do all his zany characters yeah, but we need a way to explain, explain it, it. and uh, after that it was just like no, no no but so like I love this concept that you came up with which is where it's like it's something like clicked in my brain like wait that would make sense yeah and now it it doesn't but it doesn't ma- it doesn't matter that it doesn't make sense and I would love but what it if just... at some point it did make sense and and that ties into also the idea that Ernest's ancestor might have been like the the main antagonist because mm-hmm. then if you're in a haunted house that was ostensibly owned by someone in the Worrell family mm-hmm. that explains why it's all of these Worrells who are haunting exactly. the house Exactly. I love this <laughs> I love this that's what it wasn't just the Kenny scene where he's like entertaining Kenny it was the the boss the final battle the that clicked battle, it yeah. I yeah. was like wait a minute they all helped out in the battle yeah why would you do that unless at some point they were actual characters sure sure I love it salvaging I mean, what you can you know that I'd love to see a movie where Jim Varney played a bunch of different ghost characters like that sounds uh, wonderful and I hate Maybe it's true. I don't know. It's just another Ernest Goes to Podcast legend. <laughs> Aaron is uh, gesturing in like a the more you know sort of yeah. way. The more you speculate. <laughs> the more you spectorate. Nah, I don't know. Specters. Uh, well, actually, that's a perfect lead into uh, a couple of things that I wanted to talk about. If oh, you'll, yeah? If you'll indulge me. Sure. Well, so I found more analog notes. <laughs> and so <laughs> some of these... <laughs> <laughs> Some of these. <laughs> you know, I gave you two full. Episodes. I know you did. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just gonna run through these real quick. Some of them are related yeah. to unmade earnests. Yeah. Okay. Um, the first one is going off your ghost thing. Are you familiar with a movie called Beetlejuice? The Tim Burton. I'm movie? familiar. There is this long running thing of how there was supposed to be a sequel to Beetlejuice called Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Mm. And that sounds like <laughs> a typical like what do we do with this character next yeah. kind of kind of approach in like an earnesty way. Yeah. Um I forgot to bring up that Rocky Balboa has pet turtles that he talks to. What? Yep. Um And a robot. Did well, that's, Ernest that's, never had a robot. That's later. Happy but birthday, he Polly. He would have. He would have. Yes. He would have oh, created it. Would have at some point. <laughs> oh, he is a robot yeah, sometimes he's a robot. more often than sometimes not. Sometimes he's a robot. A couple of the things um Auntie Nelda as a pepper pot, I wrote down, which what? is the pepper pots are these um, old women characters the women in on, Monty, on Monty Python. That's pepper pots. That's <laughs> that's uh, different. No, um, anytime the uh, the Monty Python troop members dress up as old British ladies, oh. they're known as pepper pots. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of like, <laughs> will that be all pepper pots? Um, yeah. What what was the thing you just did? Pepper pots. I don't know. It's okay. like old lady British Mrs. Potts, my dear. There is a. One that I forgot to bring up. Uh, have you ever seen Alien Nation? No. It was a movie and then a TV show, both of which I love. The TV show more so. But um, wait, is that the one that's kind of like bright or like kind of? Yes. So alien, like the aliens are immigrants to the Earth. Yes. So uh, an alien ship lands in the Mojave Desert. Okay. And there's like I don't know a couple thousand aliens on the ship. They get absorbed into the culture of I okay. believe Los Angeles, and because there is so many of them. The immigration people just, they're supposed to like assign them like human names so that they can integrate into human culture, but they just start assigning people joke names. Oh, so like the, that's like, mean. Like the, the main character, his name is originally Sam Francisco. <laughs> and like his partner's what? just like, I'm not calling you that. I'm going to call you <laughs> Sam Francisco. Uh, George. That's nice. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's one character on an alien nation whose name is Albert Einstein. 
Mm. He works at the police station. It's like a, a police procedural. Mm-hmm. And he is the janitor. That's and, so and, mean. And he is frequently, you know, he sort of has that earnesty energy of like, oh, there's like this guy. We're going to call him Albert Einstein. It's a dumb, joke. get it? But he's <laughs> actually. Because he's a janitor. You know, without getting too far into it, um, it turns out that the alien race has like three genders and he's like the third gender, which is interesting. But also this quote from IMDb. Contrary to how the Albert Einstein character, played by Jeffrey Marcus, is continuously referred to during the series and later movies as dim-witted or slow, he is actually full of very insightful, compassionate, curious, and clever and witty moments throughout his time on screen. Yeah. Yeah. So, but janitor. Like, I was just like, this could have been, like, if Ernest was an alien (laughs) in one of these Ernest Space movies, it would have been this. Man, janitors get such a bum rap. It, you're absolutely right. It's it's weird. Like every janitor I've met was pretty smart and smarter than most people. Um, yes. You know what one janitor said to me? He was so mad because people kept putting like trash in the recycling bins, which sure. he, clearly, he had him. clearly labeled. Yeah. And he got so mad. He was like, they don't read. They don't read. And he said, you want to hide information? Put it in a book. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, Absolutely. whoa, dude. And I thought about it like the rest of the day. Like, man, Sorry. that guy just roasted them. I love, I love that your your reaction to this guy's burn was so like authentic and energetic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you always make friends with the janitor. Absolutely. Uh, the last of my last few notes here. Oh, we talked about uh, Airplane on the on the episode. I had the main character as an earnest analog because he has a love interest who says, I want you to know I'm so proud of you. But that's uh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Anyway, the, the last one I'll bring up is uh, Stephen Colbert as an analog. And he's a little bit of a weird example because there's mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert, quote unquote, the fake sort of character, the fake caricature of himself right. that he played on the Colbert Report. Yeah. And then Stephen Colbert, the actual human being. Yeah. So Stephen Colbert is from South Carolina. And apparently Stephen Colbert has said in interviews that like his his parents were intellectuals, quote unquote, uh-huh. and that they didn't want to be associated with the South. Oh, and wow. uh, then that's part of why, like, wow. he specifically sort of like did work to like not have the accent and that kind ah, of a like thing. Diction classes. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. And, and at least in, insofar as it ties into what we've talked about regarding sociolinguistics and yes. the way Ernest is perceived, the way that Mr. Mm-hmm. Bean can give a speech that works and Ernest can't right. give the same speech. And yeah, so I just thought because that was... Mr. Bean has a received pronunciation British accent. Yes. And so Mr. Bean can improvise this speech about art and be taken seriously and Ernest probably could not have. Sure. And there's a lot more to unpack about Stephen Colbert, I think, mm-hmm. just in the way that like Stephen Colbert and quote unquote Stephen Colbert are sort of in, one, inexorably yeah. tied and where one ends and one begins. I'm sure there's a really interesting Venn diagram we could get there, but I've already gone <laughs> to Venn diagram. Uh, very nice. <laughs> very nice. Um, but I've already gone too far into analogs diving mode and maybe we should yeah, a whole other podcast dig territory. our way a whole other two episodes <laughs> we've already done. Yeah. Uh, go back and listen, listeners. But yeah, but talking about how Southern accents are perceived mm-hmm. and that kind of a thing, we should say also you and I were oh, interviewed yes. recently. That's right. For the Bitter Southerner, yes. appropriately enough. Which is an online publication. Yes. And so a writer named Gabe Bullard from the Bitter Southerner reached out to both of us to yeah. ask us about our opinions about Ernest P. Worrell. Which I'm so flattered and yes. humbled. We were we were <laughs> thrilled. Not honestly 
thrilled. Yeah. So we both spoke to Gabe separately yeah. about Ernest, about the way he's viewed in the South and the North and like the perceptions that people have about him. And the article was specifically uh, focused on this event where Ernest showed up at the White House press briefing. Yep. And not Jim Varney, Ernest. <laughs> well, it, but it was Jim Varney. I mean, it was, yes. Sorry. Go, go ahead. And that, it was kind of weird too, because it is, it, it was sort of a... Jim Varney-ish Ernest because it was Jim Varney switching hats and taking on other different characters. He was also Lloyd, I think. And Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the the CB truck driver voice kind of a thing. The how about you guy. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So we've got a link to this article up on uh, our social media pages. But yeah, it was just the coming at it from the the premise of what exactly is funny about Ernest P. Worrell showing up at a White House press briefing. like Yeah, what's the joke exactly? Yeah. What are we laughing at? Yep. Who are we laughing at? And what preconceived notions are we bringing to it to make that funny? Exactly right. And how does how does Southernness specifically tie into that? Yeah. And I thought, I thought Gabe did a really great job with just sort of like reconciling all of these like mm-hmm. sort of opposing forces and all these sort of like disparate forces. Yeah, and these concepts that might not seem related, but kind of wrangling them together Mm -hmm. into uh, a coherent examination of like what exactly was going on with the perception of Ernest and how does that tie in in a broader way to the perception of people from the South? Sure, and that... And it's just kind of like such a big question that we can only start to scratch the surface of in every conversation we have. Exactly. You know? I was just going to say, it's that's right in our wheelhouse yeah. also. So again, we were super psyched to be involved with that. Yes. It's a great article and I highly recommend it. It is called, Know What I Mean, Ron? From the Bitter Southerner. Do check it out. Yep. And of course, Ron being Ronald Reagan, because that's whose administration <laughs> this took place during. Yeah. I thought it was a really interesting subject for the article. And I don't know how to say this stuff chuffed to have been asked. <laughs> I think uh, Gabe really engaged with what we were saying about Ernest and yeah. had his own take and his own his own investigations. So it's really cool to see everyone taking the character seriously and you treating know, him with respect. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, and that's that's why we were we were stoked. Yes. Okay. All right. Gift. Well, yeah. I was say, should we get to our gift finally? Yes. All right. So this is a gift. Can you say regalo? <laughs> Who is she talking to? <laughs> so, so my friend Kevin Hinkle. Uh, mm-hmm. Who I know through the Lego fan community, uh, now officially listener. Kevin yes, he, now officially listener. So he he reached out to me a while back and was like, "Hey, I'm doing a full listen through of Ernest Goes to Podcast," and I was like, <laughs> "That is a a brave task that you have taken on." Um, but he recently completed that listen through to date. Um, okay, you know, there's still a couple of things we're we're looking to do. But he, having completed the Ernest journey as far as we have. He sent me a message and was like, hey, I have something I want to give to you and Aaron, but I want you to open it together. Okay. So what, what I have here is... I love this. Is... <laughs> I'm very excited. I, I am too. What I have here <laughs> is a, a PDF called Read This First. In it, all caps. In all caps. And then a folder called uh, Ernest Goes to Podcast Gift. Gift. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the PDF. Read this first, yeah. And, and then we'll figure out what the heck this is. I have no clue what this is. Me either. Here we go. Okay, um, okay. we're going to read this first. Okay, so here I'm opening the PDF. All right. And it says... Oh. <laughs> so it's dated. It's dated February 23rd, 2019. Okay. Dear Aaron... How do you want to do this? Do you want to like trade off on paragraphs? We could trade or? off paragraphs. Okay, so I'll start. Dear Aaron, David, and the extended Ernest Goes to Podcast family. From November of 2018 to February of 2019, I descended upon a journey to listen my way through every episode of your podcast. 
my prior familiarity of Ernest was mostly limited to memories of iconic VHS box art throughout the aisles of my local blockbuster, as well as a somewhat vague memory of watching a movie with trolls and milk. But as you two say during your program, quote, you've blown this thing wide open. Uh, from advertisements to televised specials, films to books, I could not have prepared myself for the breadth of the character established across so many touch points so many years ago. You and all the wonderful guests have provided some fascinating discussion, interesting perspectives, and many laughs along the way. Please know that you've got one more person out there who now sings aloud the Hey Vern, It's Ernest ending credits theme to help land that punchline. Know what I mean? (laughs) As I wrapped up the last recorded episode, I definitely felt a sadness creep in. Our journey was concluded. As the final words were spoken, I began reflecting on all the discussions and the vast level of Ernest knowledge I had now acquired. I wanted to give you both something, a gift, a token of my appreciation for all your time spent crafting this wonderful program. I had taken a note from one of the later podcast episodes. David had told the guest at the time, quote, you've blown this thing wide open, a familiar line to any longtime listener. But there was a bit of back and forth on this go with David adding in jest that the guest would receive a gold medallion in the mail with those words inscribed and Aaron adding that it would depict the two of them with their, quote, minds exploding. It was then that I knew I had to create this medallion. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait, attached to this, you'll find a vector illustration of how I envisioned this medallion. I hope you enjoy it. I also wanted to ensure I saved out your two likenesses separately, just in case you wanted them for any purpose outside of said medallion. As with other projects I work on, I like to base any facial expressions from a base happy. So I've attached a happier version of you both. Mine's not yet blown. (laughs) Again, these are my gifts to you. Please do as you wish with them. Thank you both again for all your efforts in bringing this program to life. Viva LaVarney, your old buddy, Kevin. Oh, this is This is wonderful. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. We're going to see the medallions. I I don't even know what to expect. I I know that was Dr. Otto. (laughs) Wait, what was Dr. Otto? That discussion about the medallion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm opening a folder called Gift. Gifts. David Happy. <laughs> okay, so wait. So there's a whole bunch of files. Okay. Which one should I open first? So there's there's our portrayals, and then there's us on the medallion. Yeah. So I think we should start from the base happies and work our way up to the medallion. Okay, so this is me happy. And we'll post all these things to the <laughs> the pod, the podcast page. Oh. Uh, but this is wonderful. This is a wonderful caricature of me. How does he know what I look like? Uh, there are photos of you on our Facebook page. Oh yeah, yeah. but yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Look at you! This, he actually sent me this the other day with no context, so this makes a lot more sense. Okay, and it's it's a wonderful caricature of myself that I actually posted to the Paganomation Instagram. Let's go to my happy. Already, day. yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> wow, that's that's a pretty good pretty likeness. Pretty good, yeah. 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 Here, wait. I'm like I'm like looking back and forth. At like likeness, Aaron versus again for an audio podcast. This is interesting content. I but... like that I'm smirking. Yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, thinking about arms. All right, so now what's so what's... now there's our individual minds blown. Maybe we just go straight to the medallion since yeah, those let's... illustrations are on the medallion. Let's see it in all its glory. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I'm thinking for some reason I'm thinking Lucas Arts and Day of the Tentacle. I think it's when they scream. 
Yeah. And David's tentacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they go, ah, and their eyes pop out. Like, that's what it reminds me of. Well, and I, so I, I want to just describe <laughs> this for the for the listeners. So there's uh, both Aaron and myself with our minds exploding in a, a literal mushroom cloud that is uh, blowing the tops of our heads off. Yeah. It says, the medallion says, you've blown this wide open. I'm sorry, you've blown this thing wide open. Know, know what, what I, I mean. mean. In the Ernest scripted font. And then at the bottom it says, Ernest goes to podcast with the Ernest goes to podcast uh, icon. In my little in, drawing in, in, of Ernest. In the middle. Uh, yeah, this is wonderful. Wow. <laughs> this is amazing. Oh, wait, hold on. If you, if you, I'm going to turn the brightness up uh-huh. because there's like little, sorry, I'm far away from the mic. Oh, wow. What I'm, are those? They put little icons in like the edge of the medallion. I had to turn the brightness up. So there's like, I'm seeing a, is that a cannon and a milk carton? Yeah. And I see a Christmas tree. Oh, there's the, the, there's the Camp Kikaki thing. The Camp Kikiki logo, it looks like. There's a basketball, a super soaker, a, a pencil. pencil for school, I assume. Yeah. Oh, yes, the, the Camp Kikiki logo. You're right. Yeah, that's a wonderfully subtle touch. I think there's also a, yo- a yo-yo like right there. Yep, I believe you are correct. That is a very subtle touch. Wow, this is amazing. This is, I mean, I think if I had to describe our reactions, <laughs> it would be with the two... The two mind-blown faces that are <laughs> Oh, are I'm here. so glad we looked at the medallion. Yep. Oh, wow. So, okay. I feel like this is going to very quickly become overused. I'm just going to award <laughs> this to any listener that comments something I like. Um, <laughs> you get yeah. a medallion. You get a medallion. You get a medallion. We, we already know. You all get medallions. Josh Mindtree is going to have a whole bunch of medallions. <laughs> he has a whole sash full of them. I mean, Kevin has given us his blessing to do with this what we will. Mm. I would love to make stickers of these and send them to our listeners. <gasps> like, that sounds like a, a wonderful thing. Oh, yeah. Um, so maybe that's something we can do in the future. Uh, but yeah, I don't, this is an understatement. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> like, this Thank is wonderful. Thank you, Kevin. And I honestly, David has been sharing with me some of your uh, your thoughts as you go through our podcast and as you watch Ernest movies. Sure. And I'm so glad that uh, we're on the same wavelength and enjoyed it. I've really enjoyed hearing your thoughts. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah, as, as Kevin has gone through this journey, I've gotten text messages from him and I've shared them with Aaron just because, like, you know, this is why we have guests. It's because we want to see other people's minds get blown and hear, like, alternate theories and alternate interpretations. Um, so it's been nice to have that. And then also just to share, like, recognition of, like, the work that's been put into this podcast. And Kevin is is a, a great artist. He works a lot with uh, vector art, but he does uh, caricatures of a lot of people. You can see all of his work at uh, kevinahinkle.com. Um, I should also say, directly related to Ernest Analogs, I made a Lego Ideas project of Bill and Ted and mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Hinkle designed minifigure facial expressions and torsos of both uh, Bill S. Preston, Esquire, and Ted Theodore Logan to help me pitch this project to oh. to people who can vote on it. So if you'd like to uh, awesome. see a actual Lego set of Bill and Ted happen, there's a link on our Facebook page where I posted it, and you can vote for that there. Please and thank you. Uh, but yes, thank you again, Kevin. <laughs> this is this is wonderfully touching, yeah. and I'm definitely <laughs> going to look into the sticker option because I think that has to happen. I mean, it is a medallion. Yep. It goes on a chest. Yeah, yeah. I want to stick it to a shirt or a computer. You can stick them anywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I'm <sighs> very happy with that. Thank you. Oh, while we're here, by the way, yep. I have to share this story. It also brought a similar joy, or it brought a small degree of this joy to me. Sure, yeah. So today, earlier today, I was at church preparing to sing for the choir, because I sing in the choir. Mm-hmm. And uh, before we sing, we get fed breakfast. 
And there are these little old ladies that sort of lay out the breakfast, right? And lay out utensils and bagels and stuff like that. Sure. I'm not sure where the breakfast is purchased. And we're talking bacon. We're talking potatoes. We're talking scrambled eggs, right? We got your calcium. We got your protein. (laughs) We got your primo taste. The scrambled eggs are questionable. I hope nobody involved. Would you you say they're erroneous? (laughs) I hope nobody involved is listening to me say this, but the (laughs) eggs are questionable. Okay. I don't know where they're from. I'm sorry. So I was at the bagel area. There was a little old lady arranging the bagels. Another choir member uh, came up and basically questioned the eggs once again, mentioned Mm -hmm. something about the eggs, said those eggs are kind of, hmm, I don't know. And the little old lady said, they're eggs erroneous. What? (laughs) And I stopped dead. I was like, huh? And the person was like, what? She was like, eggs erroneous. And I'm I'm like, I'm in my brain, I'm like, is this is this more than an earnest thing? Is this from somewhere else that I didn't know? And she's like, Yeah, it's it's like eggs erroneous. It's it's like it's it's from a movie, it's one of those funny movies. And I'm just standing there like <laughs> my jaw on the floor. <laughs> I'm just like, how, 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 how? And I'm sitting I'm I'm, I'm just like, Ernest, 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 go to camp, it's Ernest. <laughs> <laughs> it's from one of those funny movies. I love and she's it. Like, like, like how, like if you could gauge we're her age, seventies, eighties. Wow. And she's like, "Yes, Ernest goes to camp. That's it." She goes, "Oh, I love Ernest." Oh. And I'm just like, "What?" And she's like, "Yeah, oh, she says, you know, people. I know people. Some people don't like him. They think he's too silly. But it takes a lot of intelligence to play that many characters." What? And my, I'm just like, I can't believe this. Did you tell her about our podcast? I didn't. I felt like that was too much information at the time, but. But I said, I'm a huge fan of Ernest. And like, I love Ernest. And she was like, oh, wow. She's like, that's great. Like, I'm, oh, yeah, I love him. He's so great. She's like, well, now I'm going to remember you. <laughs> now I'm going to call you Ernest, she says. She goes, she goes, what's your name? I'm like, Aaron. And so she laughs two because letters now the I'm there. realizing that it might be hilariously close to Ernest. But wait, what, wait now I, you're realizing? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> this... I never thought of that as similar. Really? No! I thought the fact that every time I start to type Erin into my phone and it auto-corrects to Ernest, I thought if anything made that clear, it would have been that. I I would never thought that my name was similar to Ernest. Oh, man. Or even like uh, like Irma. Like we talked about Irma. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, Yeah, that happened. How can can we give this woman, who I would love to meet, by the way, how can we give this woman- Her name is June. Oh, that's a wonderful- Perfect old lady name. Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) And it turned out her last name was Nelda. uh, Like I'm trying to think respectfully like what the correct media for this person is. Like how do we give her our podcast in a a digestible form? Because I would love to. Yeah. I would love to know that we had a septuagenarian listener. (laughs) Which is not to say that we don't otherwise, but- you know that I am a master of many types of media, and I, I'm more than yeah, happy to, to totally make this happen. we can totally make an analog version of this. Yep, yeah, <laughs> hashtag Ernest Analogs. <laughs> yeah, but that that happened. That is great. <laughs> awesome. Yes, it is awesome. <laughs> uh, have we got anything else, Dave? No, I think that's it. Um, can we go see the Dora movie again? Because <laughs> I really want to. Si, sí, por qué no? Oh, Amigo. hooray, we did it. We talked a lot about <laughs> Ernest P. Warrow. Oh, man. Very cute movie. And see, 
You never know. There's loads of unmade Ernests out there. Yep. There's more Ernest movies. It's just that Ernest isn't in them, but a little bit of him is. The spirit has dispersed among the films. And as I often say, any crazy idea can be done well if you treat it with respect. Yes. Yep. One of the many lessons we have learned that Ernest has taught us. The more you know what I mean. <laughs> All right, we got to end it now. Okay. So that's, <laughs> that's the sound of me being hungry. <laughs> okay, listeners. Thank you for listening to this extra, extra, extra unmade Ernest. Our next episode will be Ernest and merchandising. We will go through Ernest merchandising. Yep. All the products that were offered to Ernest fans through the 80s and 90s. Right, the official Ernest merchandise. It'll be a little bit, know what I mean, news. It'll be a little bit unboxing. It'll be a little bit fashion show that you can't see. <laughs> gonna be all over the place. I'm curious about the unboxing thing. I can't wait to get to that. A little bit unboxing. All we're right. gonna put that in for you too, listeners. All right. Don't worry. So we'll see you next time. Take care, listeners. Merchandising. Coming up. <laughs>